Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to talk about that Drouet, Dauphin, and Elon in line. What was that? That might have been the only bright spot in the game. And we are going to talk about a couple of updates about the Canadians GM surge. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to your first listen of the day. Today's episode 511 of Locked On Canadians, and it is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get primal. Stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Check out primaloriginoils.com to learn more about their line of beard care products. Use the code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount at checkout. Scott, I'm told this is very popular with both you and your girlfriend. Yeah, the, it is fantastic. Makes the beard nice and soft. It smells great, and it smells great all day. So highly recommend it. Give it to that beard lover in your life, or for you if you just want you know, your significant other's beard to smell wonderful because it's great. <laughs> Awesome. And check out that promo code. All right. We've got to talk about this game. So I think we're going to open tonight's segment, recapping the game with a quote that Scott discovered literally as we were about to start recording. I, I can't believe this is real, but I can entirely believe that this is real. And this comes directly from Jeff Petrie. Uh, Habs Jeff Petrie says watching games while he was injured didn't give him any clarity on what's wrong with this team. And the quote follows, you watch it up top and there are times that you are scratching your head. We're not making it easy on anyone except most of the time, the other team. And if that isn't the most damning indictment of Dominique Ducharme and his coaching staff, I don't really know what else is. I know Petrie's not having a good season, but he's not this bad. And the fact that he can't see what's wrong from up top and you don't know what's going on. That's a coaching problem. And I don't know how many times we have to hammer this point. I feel like I've beaten this horse, brought it back to life, beaten it again, turned it into glue, brought it back to life and beat it one more time. But Oh my God, the players don't are sick of this at this point. And I know that Jeff Gordon said he's not going to hire a new coach. And I do have an article coming out on eyes on the prize with this in the near future, but you you cannot continue with this. Mike Johnson on the broadcast talked about when you get into the poisonous losing area, I think the Habs are hitting the thick of that right now. This is where it starts to demoralize players. It makes players reassess things. You're basically becoming the Buffalo Sabres from a few years ago where players like Ryan O'Reilly lost their love of hockey because of how bad it was. This is that level. And you never want to be at that level. And I'm afraid of what's going to happen if they try and stick to their initial plan of Ducharme gets to the end of the season here. Because if this is coming out in game 31, there's 51 more games to play. That's a lot of time and a lot of crap. My counterpoint to this was going to be that it is not Jeff Petrie's job to figure out what's wrong with this team. He's not a coach. He's a player. However, the more you talk, the more I thought about this. Jeff Petrie has been in hockey since he was a child. He's been playing hockey since he was a child. This is not his first time in the press box. This is not his first time injured. This is not his first time watching the Canadians play. 
he's very familiar with the sport of hockey. That's what people like to say to us when they don't like our opinions. They're like, you don't play hockey or you never play professional hockey. Well, Jeff Petrie plays professional hockey. He literally gets paid to do this and he can't tell what's wrong with this team. Again, it's not his job to have the answers. One of our listeners, Emily Lee, suggested a, uh, a segment topic, a little bit tongue in cheek. It was the what if it was a sliding doors type of episode? What if Corey Perry had been re-signed in Montreal? And in my head, now when I look at all those veteran players and the impact that they had on the postseason run, I wonder if there's somebody on that, on that, you know, that veteran leadership uh, level that has a little bit more insight that would have been able to motivate these players and get them together. I think we have not just us, I mean, as a community, as a Canadians community, we have constantly talked about the lack of effort, the lack of interest on this team. I don't think that that's it. I think that it's becoming increasingly clear. You know, every time you do a throwaway line, like pathetic, like whether you're at the game, whether you're watching with your friends, whether you're at home, whether it's you, you know, we're on the podcast, whether you're, you're on social media and you're saying things like there's no effort, there's no compete level. I hate that word compete level. I use it sometimes, but it like, it, it basically just means desire, right? That's what compete level means. It means motivation, desire. We keep talking about how it's not there. But the thing is, I don't think that it's not there. And I think this quote is, 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 is sort of proof of it. You, do you think Jeff Petrie wants to have a terrible season? Do you think Jeff Petrie wants to have a season like this? Do you think Jeff Petrie wants to be one of the Buffalo Sabres from two, three years ago? No, no he did that in Edmonton. He knows how bad this can get. Like, and that's <laughs> like you said, Jeff Petrie is not a coach. That much is true. Jeff Petrie is also not an idiot. And if he can't figure out how to help things from up above, you could bring in Shea Weber, Larry Robinson, and dig up any number of NHL defensemen out of the ground and bring them back to life. And I do not think they would help figure out what is wrong with this Canadians team. And eventually, that all boils down to the coach. You have video coaches. You as a coach and your staff sit down and review film, I hope. And if you can't figure out what's wrong, it all boils down to you are not equipped to be an NHL coach right now. And I get that this is a tough situation and you have injuries and everything, but there is no excuse for a team like the Montreal Canadiens, which was built flawed, but still passable in this NHL to be playing like this. And if Jeff Petrie can see it, I can damn sure bet you everyone else on this team can. And it has to be maddening for them to watch this because those are their teammates. Those are their brothers and their friends. They go out there and they sweat, they bleed, and they shed tears for each other. And it's going to hell in a handbasket. And none of them can figure out why. And the coach just sits there and goes "Mm," on the bench over and over again. It's past unacceptable. And I know what Jeff Gordon said. And at this point, I don't care. You're getting into real dangerous territory where you're going to do irreparable damage to a lot of players, not only physically, but mentally. And it's a lot harder to fix that in the short term when you're a team that is trying to build itself into a contender. So we don't want to keep beating that dead horse that that Scott kept talking about. Um, I do think that the number of coaches that there are on this team, somebody should be able to figure something out. What, like maybe you don't want to challenge the head coach or whatever. 
but a lot of these people were around before he was the head coach. So you've got to take a look and somebody somewhere has to know something like it is impossible for it to be this bad. I understand that for tanking, this is better for a higher draft pick. This is better. But at the same time, if you're irreparably damaging a player's progress and development, I'm talking about Jeff Petrie here. I'm talking about the younger players. Then somebody has to step in. In the meantime, we're going to talk about the game and we're going to talk about a couple of positives and then we're going to move on to a quasi update, I guess, on Jeff Gordon's GM search. And that's coming up in just one moment. Have you got a beard? You got to get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal right now. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will help stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through their use of natural oils. The products are free of harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. I got to try some out. It is phenomenal. Makes my beard smell incredible, soft, softens the skin underneath. It is absolutely fantastic. I use it every time that I get out of the shower. Primal Origins makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel and beard products available. This is due to the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rosehip, and chia seed oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the U.S. Check out PrimalOriginOils.com to learn more about their full line of beard care products and use the code LOCKEDON for a 20% discount at checkout. The combo gifts make a great holiday gift and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Not only are the products in dedication to the quality top-notch, the company was founded for a noble cause. The founder, Stephen's mother, was injured in a car accident and the company was started to pay for her recovery and treatment. So, we know that every other company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beard to the other companies you've used. We promise you, you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. That's locked on at checkout for 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. The holiday season is a very stressful time and it's exhausting. You can keep your energy up with Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Scott loves them. I love them. We find they fit into our day really, really well. They're so high in protein. They're delicious. They're made with real chocolate. They're low in sugar and they always give us energy, especially days like now, which are packed, packed, packed leading into the holidays. Anytime you have stress or anxiety, reach for a Built Bar. They've got 18 delicious flavors and they are constantly having special edition flavors for the holidays. They recently had an eggnog flavor and now they have a gingerbread flavor. So go to Built.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Try one of these bars Keep your energy up right now. Have a treat that will give you your energy and make you feel ready to tackle all of your chores. That's built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15. Thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen. Also check out the Locked On Now podcast. Every day you'll get a recap of what happened the previous night as well as breaking news. It's very short. It's bite-sized. It's available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel. And as we mentioned yesterday, 
we are also going to be on YouTube going forward. And that's coming up in mere days at this point as well. Don't forget that we drew our giveaway winners and we announced them on yesterday's episode. So if you are one of the winners, then please hit us up. You can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. We've already got one of our winners. We're waiting to hear from two of you. Listen to yesterday's episode and you'll find out who it is. In the meantime, I think as viewers, we were all the winners. We Prior to the game, when the lineup was announced, we were wondering what a Laurent Dauphin Jonathan Drouet and Yessi Elanen line was going to look like, and it was good. So, yes. It was an adventure. Like, it, I won, and all credit to Jonathan Drouet, who had a very big night, and he got a goal and an assist, and I'm glad to see him doing well after a radio hit by a former Canadians coach that we will not delve into on this episode because I've had enough anger out there today. Laurent Dauphin is proving that the signing of Cedric Paquette might have been unnecessary because Dauphin is playing about as well as you could hope for an AHL call-up this far into the season. And as you remember, he was set to make his NHL debut when the season was put on pause and canceled originally during the COVID pandemic. And then he came back on a one-year deal and then another one-year deal, and he's become a huge piece of the Rocket offense. And it was nice to see him... Uh, get rewarded with his NHL call-up and actual debut for the Canadians. Uh, he has assists in back-to-back games, and Drouin looks great. And also on that line, Jesse Yulinen has his first NHL goal with a rocket from the blue line. And in a game where everything, and I mean pretty much everything, was terrible, they were a bright spot. Like Dauphin's forechecking opened up space for Drouin to operate. Drouin's creativity with the puck opened up space for Yulinen to get shots on net. It worked. I don't know if Dominique Ducharme knows something we don't know or if he just got lucky given everything that's going on. I feel like we're leaning towards the latter on that. But I'm really happy to see people who have worked hard, uh, Dauphin and Drouin, to get back where they are, get rewarded. And I'm always happy to see someone get their first NHL goal. Jesse Yolanin's a really exciting prospect. Imagine someone like Josh Anderson with that speed and that shooting ability but with more of Jonathan Drouin's shiftiness and elusiveness with the puck instead of straightforward physicality. It's it's a fun combination, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. I'm glad they gave Yolanin a shot on an offensively inclined line. All due respect to Michael Pozzetta and Cedric Paquette, who had good underlying numbers in this game, but Yolanin should be playing in a position where he can utilize those talents better, and they found that tonight. Next step, I guess, is seeing what can they do on a power play together. I mean, Ryan Paling's been good. Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Mike Hoffman run one unit. But let's give Yolanin a shot here. He does well playing the Rocket one as the quarterback, so why not give him that opportunity too? These are the little things they can build on and find out stuff. It's just I don't have faith in Ducharme to keep it together for long because he panics so often. Again, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be kind of a, a rehashing, but if there were a strong structure, it wouldn't, wouldn't matter who you plug and play because essentially if you're flipping out one person for another, like if your structure is sound, you're missing a player or you want to try something new, you can make a small change, a small tweak. You can pair somebody with somebody else 
and your structure will remain intact. And if it doesn't work, you can simply go back to something that did. At this point, it looks like there's no rhyme or reason, unless it's purposeful mediocrity, or sorry, it's not even mediocrity, it's bad. Um, unless it's purposeful, personally, I just think that you you wouldn't need to you wouldn't need to have to make any of these changes or drastic changes. You wouldn't have to like throw things at the wall and hope that they stick. But personally, I would just want to echo what you said that Jonathan Drouin had a phenomenal game. And it's so it's so disappointing. Like he's had such a good resurgence this season. And we talked about it in our uh in our episode that's coming up tomorrow with uh Russ and Rachel from the Locked on Flyers podcast. And I personally, like we were talking about how he's had a good season. We, we were talking about how uh, Josh Anderson was having a good season. We were talking about how some of the young guys were sort of emerging uh, and at least giving the fans something to cheer about. And it's all wasted. And it makes me so sad. But what we're going to do now is we're going to turn our attention to some developments or quasi-developments or in some people's perspective, non-developments uh, in the search for the next Canadians GM. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's right. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on whatever you deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Earlier this evening, Pierre Lebrun discussed on TSN as well as at The Athletic his understanding that the Canadians are sort of stalling, not stalling, not postponing either. Uh, they're taking their time with their search for the new general manager. So this is a guess slash speculation on, on uh, Pierre Lebrun's part, but he doesn't think that Jeff Gordon is going to even interview people or anything like that until after Christmas. It seems to me, from what Pierre Lebrun says, Jeff Gordon is trying to really get to know this team. We've been operating here under the assumption that they are in a rebuild or that the rebuild is going to become official very, very shortly. But it's very interesting to me right now that he's taking all this time and sort of learning the ins and outs of the team because I feel like that's going to inform his decision whether they think that there should be a rebuild. As much as we're talking about how it's going to be, you know, the new GM that's going to be instrumental, that's going to be his decision, I think that the decision is going to be how much of a rebuild they're going to embrace uh, or they're going to ask us fans to tolerate. They're going to look at their pieces and see how much of them they need to move out. And then the GM that he chooses based on their level of experience or what they bring to the table, maybe they, in the interview they make a presentation of their vision. I think that 
that's going to inform how experienced a manager he chooses. If he thinks that the Canadians are a couple of years away, maybe he wants somebody more experienced. If he thinks that it's somebody that can grow with the team long-term while he sort of guides and mentors and advises them, then he might go for a younger person. Uh, When I say younger person, I mean maybe earlier in their hockey management career. I don't necessarily think there's a specific age requirement for this. I think it's an intriguing situation because we thought that we would have, you know, he said not before Christmas, but we thought he, he was already started and that not before Christmas is the announcement. But now we're looking at the interviews are probably going to take place after Christmas. I thought LeBron had a really smart point is that he's that Gordon is taking his time and trying to integrate himself into the team and, you know, get to know the players and the staff and everything else. And I think that's good. So he doesn't make any snap judgment decisions on this. The timeline of it gets a little bit difficult now, because like we talked about in the first segment, the coaching staff is not where it needs to be right now. And I, and like I said, we talked about that already. So I'm wondering if things are going to get sped up a little bit. Obviously it's the holiday season. I'm sure there's been, I'm not saying that LeBron wouldn't know, but I wouldn't be shocked if there were some slight like forays, like a text message or something to another GM, just kind of testing the waters before anything serious and official comes to light on that. And then in the new year, I'm just expecting a flood of news. The minute that the team is back from uh, Christmas holiday, once the AHL staff is back from Christmas holiday, which I believe is around the 28th or 29th of December, I'm expecting a flood of news to be like, they've talked to this person, they've talked to this person, they've talked to this person, this person's in the lead, they interviewed this person, here's that, Patrick Waugh, Pierre Maguire, they aren't being considered, they just have to be said because that's how this process always works, and we'll have news rather quickly in the new year because this is going to be a snowball. Once it starts, it's just going to go, it's just going to go, it's just going to go until it reaches its inevitable destination at the bottom of the hill. And I think there's some pressure with the way that the team is performing right now to get everyone in place so they can start this process because the trade deadline is going to be coming up. There is scouting that needs to be done for uh, the draft and everything else. You got to figure out who you want and what you're going to do here. So I think they're going to get people in place. So they have about a month with the team that you're looking at it going into the trade deadline that you have an established GM you have Gordon in his role, you have their people in-house, you have your opinions formed. It's not just being rushed into doing whatever happens. Because when you rush, you get sloppy and you make mistakes or you panic, and that's not what you want. So I do think right in the new year, we're going to get a flood of news here. And I'm glad Gordon's being patient, unlike Vancouver, who just hired the first guy who came along. And they're still (laughs) like, you know, good for hiring Bruce Boudreaux, great coach. Uh, Jim Rutherford is not the guy I would have picked, but I'm glad that Gordon is taking his time. And I'm hoping that people understand this isn't going to be a quick fix. There's a lot of pain still involved to come here. And the GM search is going to have us all chewing our nails down to nothing at some point. So (laughs) it's still, he's doing the right thing. He's taking his time and making the right decision. I don't know if this is reflective of the change in the PR situation. Or if it's the Jeff Gordon era or whatever, but it feels like, or maybe the team is just that much of an abject disaster on the ice 
it feels like the media is a little bit more bold in criticizing Dominique Ducharme. Um, and there are people that are usually very careful with their words that are kind of like, ah, oh, this quote is just baffling. Um, essentially, there's a couple of people that pointed out that, uh, you know, Dominique Ducharme saying that Jake Allen is playing too much. Like, he's the one who makes the line of decisions. So either this is some sort of really veiled way of, of, uh, directing some sort of message at Carey Price, in which case he's a horrible human being, or maybe this is literally him just saying that Jake Allen is playing too much and not realizing that he's the person in control of how many times Jake Allen plays. I, I'm I reading this quote. No is am I am I on drugs? Am I having a stroke? Or is Dominique Ducharme saying? His decision means Jake Allen is playing too much, and this is how he's calling out his team. I, what is going on? I, what? I, I'm at a loss for words here. Well, loss for words that we can say on this show. And I, I am very grateful that Gordon is the one leading this right now because uh, someone with a little less patience is going to make a very dumb decision with this. And I, I, my brain is melting out of my ears, Laura. I, all I want for Christmas is some sanity in the Montreal Canadiens. I know I'm asking for a lot there, but. We just heard it's going to be after Christmas, Scott. Oh, <laughs> no, no. new GM for your birthday. And I don't even have the rocket to watch during that because they're off from the 18th to the 29th for Christmas. Like, oh, it's. At least we got a Stanley Cup run out of it, right? <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't give those moments for the world, but uh, I, I did wish that it was it would have been a better season. I guess in the long run, this is kind of better for the Canadians because now they're embracing something new and, and a rebuild or they want to be perennial contenders as opposed to, you know, uh, fluky has-beens. But in the meantime, our episode for tomorrow is already recorded and it is quite a treat. It is Russ and Rachel, which I just realized, that's like, eh, friends, uh, but that's obviously Russ and Rachel. Russ and Rachel from Lockdown Flyers uh, sat down with us and actually it was their idea. They were gracious enough to invite us. We talked about each other's teams and we also had an impromptu book club. So that's why the Fancy Pants book club is not on Wednesday this week. I told you it was going to be whenever I wanted it or whenever I could make it happen. Uh, and that's coming up tomorrow. So please subscribe to or follow this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can actually now find us on YouTube and subscribe. We've already got a couple of subscribers. We will be debuting on YouTube some sometime soon. Uh, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can also email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You'll find Scott at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. And you will find the best recommendations for how to place your bets on Locked On Bets. So make them your second listen of the day. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.